The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data. Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, a Ben J. Shap LLC production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast. Today, we're going to discuss how to find the right help to bolster your marketing efforts. In other words, agency management. Joining us is Bruno Galpoa, who is a co-founder and partner at Agency Mania Solutions, which is a company that provides automation through SaaS and professional services that produce consistently higher outcomes along every step of the agency management continuum. Bruno is also the author of Agency Mania, Harnessing the Madness of Client-Agency Relationships, which is a book that has recently been published in its second edition. And today, Bruno is going to tell us his advice for finding the right agency. Okay, here is our interview with Bruno Galpoa, co-founder and partner at Agency Mania Solutions. Bruno, welcome to the MarTech Podcast. Hello, Benjamin. Thanks for having me on the show. It is very exciting to have you here. And first off, I'm going to try to say your name one more time. Please feel free to correct me. Bruno Graupoa. Did I get it right? That's perfect. It's a beautiful French name. It's also impossible to pronounce based on the spelling. <laughs> Merci, Benjamin. <laughs> well, I'm glad to have you here on the podcast. Always nice to have an international voice and excited to hear a little bit about not only your work, but the book that you recently published. Let's start off. Can you just give the listeners of this podcast an overview of who you are and a little bit about your background? Well, first, let me tell you a little bit about myself. I've been in the marketing space over 25 plus years now, mostly on the client side and work for a number of large organizations ranging from Microsoft and Visa, also was part of a number of pre-IPO software companies, essentially on the West Coast between Seattle and, and the Bay Area. And about six years ago now, was uh, privileged to start the company Agency Mania Solutions which is kind of a cloud-based SaaS platform that really supports large advertisers in helping them manage their ecosystem of agency partners more effectively. So we are headquartered here in Seattle, Washington, which, as you know, is the backyard of other big companies like Microsoft and Amazon. And we serve clients pretty much on a worldwide basis. And I've been doing it for quite some time now. So you've worked at a handful of technology companies along the way. I see Razorfish, you worked at Microsoft, Sprint. 
You've also had some non-tech experience working at companies like Visa. You've had a distinguished career. And at some point you decided to not necessarily go into a standard agency practice, but you've built a software solution in combination with professional services to help people manage their agency relationships. Talk to me about why you decided to take the software angle to evaluate agencies. It doesn't necessarily stick out to me why that relationship needs to be managed by software. Talk to me a little bit about the rationale there. Absolutely. Well, first, before I I can speak to why software makes sense in this particular category, I think that it's interesting to note that the advertising space has grown to be a trillion dollar industry worldwide. So there are basically billions of dollars in company budgets that are invested every year, every day into marketing efforts by large brands to grow basically their business and build their brand in the marketplace. And we all obviously as consumers are exposed to many of these messages daily in pretty much, and I'm sure Benjamin, you're on the receiving end of many of those as well. As consumers, we see them everywhere. So those very massive amounts of budgets gets allocated for those brands to build their company. They rely on a very fine number of strategic agency partners to go to market successfully. And we're talking about a wide range of capabilities, creative agencies, media agencies, social media agencies, agencies that create websites, agencies that do PR, agencies that do collateral, and so on. So those relationships become extremely critical to those brands looking to succeed in the marketplace and build market share. So as those relationships get formed and the work gets produced, there are many, many aspects of that relationship that are today either overly manual and very labor-intensive. And they range from the way you plan the work, the way you pay the agency, the way you evaluate the performance of the relationships and the work, and so on. So software became a very natural way for us collectively to solve for that pain point, which is with companies having to do more with less, having just a greater level of complexity to deal with organizationally, but also by marketing being increasingly more complex. Software was just a natural way for brands to streamline and automate many of these activities with their agency partners. So let's dive in. And what I want to do is break this conversation into two parts. First, talking about the evaluation of agencies when you're trying to pick an agency. And then tomorrow's episode, what we can do is talk about once you have an agency signed, how do you understand their performance and manage them? So when you are thinking about going and finding an agency, What are the guidelines that you suggest in terms of the sourcing your potential candidates, asking them to show their work, and then eventually making your decision? Walk me through the thought process and the evaluation tools that you suggest listeners use. So first, Benjamin, it's an interesting discussion for me for many reasons. One, I've been on the client side, I've been on the agency side. As a client, I look for agency partners. As an agency, I look for great clients. So that matchmaking process is an essential part of finding the right partner. And it's true on both sides of the equation. I'm actually back from an event I attended in Los Angeles where with a number of other search consultants, which profession worldwide is to help basically find the right agency for a given client. It's very obvious when you have conversations with these subject matter experts, these very well knowledgeable search consultants, that this is both a science and an art form. 
And there's a lot that's required to go and match the right partner, the right agency to the right client. And there are multiple criteria, as you mentioned, that are essential that people will look to. And there are also multiple reasons as to why a brand in the first place is looking for an agency partner, which will provide you some very critical context for the kind of partnership they're looking for in the first place. So talk to me about how you recommend brands start the matchmaking process. When you are deciding that you're going to go enlist third-party resources and outside help to manage a part of your business, what's the RFP process? How do you go and find the list? I've always relied on professional network and referrals. Is there a better way to put together an RFP and then ask your friends to circulate it to the powers that be? It's not bad, and it certainly, in many ways, can prove to be effective. The challenge with the agency ecosystem today is, in the United States, I think there's an estimated number of about 12,000 agencies alone. And then if you think about worldwide, that number is exponentially greater. So your ability to just use your network to find the right agency partner is probably not going to be sufficient. Reason for that is that there are new agencies opening door every day. The agency world is in constant change. M&A is a big part of the life of the agency. Many agencies get acquired, groups get consolidated. So the landscape itself is very different. And from a day-to-day basis, it's pretty much hard for brands to keep up with the amount of change going on. So there are a number of places brands can go to start that process. There are a number of resources online that you can find that are basically these directories of agencies that you can search from. One that I'm a bit keen of using is adforum.com, which is a great place to look for just a vast number of agencies and looking at the work itself and looking at the relationships they have. But there are many of those resources online. There are other ways you can also look for agencies. Many clients choose to look for the what they consider top agencies. Top agencies could be defined based on the number of awards they won. So you may want to look at the Cannes Lions and other type of the fees. Those are bigger awards that take place yearly and they rank basically or assign awards to those agencies. So it's a good way of spotting talented agencies. You can also rely on a number of listings of agencies based on their size, and you may want to look for a large agency. So AdAge and AdWeek and a number of these publications publish on a regular basis a list of the top agencies based on total revenue, for example. So there are, there are multiple ways to search for agencies and formulate the regional list of potential partners. And then to your point, there's a process to the madness, which means when you identify your original list of partners, you will typically reach out to them, identify potential conflict that may prevent you from having further conversations with them. You'll probably want to sign an NDA and have those conversations obviously confidentially, so nothing leaks to the press. And then you go through an RFI, request for information, an RFP, request for proposal, or what I like to suggest, a request for partnership. And you go through the process of capturing data, and then you probably have a series of meetings, conversation, oftentimes face-to-face, oftentimes at the office of that agency, so you get a sense for the culture, and then you basically complete your selection process and onboard your new agency partner. 
The tricky thing to me when you're picking an agency, and I'll preface this with I have some experience working with large agencies. When I was at eBay, obviously, there was a handful of media buying and digital agencies that we had longstanding and great relationships, some of the best agency partners I've ever worked with. And then in earlier stage startups, we had a handful of smaller agencies that were mostly about ad buying and optimization. Mixed experiences hiring agencies myself for earlier stage startups, great experiences working with some of the bigger, more established agencies. But from those experiences, what I've realized is that the devil is in the details in the sense of you have to understand who is doing the work. And to me, that's one of the reasons why there is so much fluctuations in agency reputation and performance is there's volatility among the workforce. And what matters is not necessarily who is running the agency and who you're talking to about your relationship and signing your agreements, but it is the relatively entry-level person that's going to be serving as an operator that is really doing the grunt work. That person ad matters just as much. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then, and instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. So talk to me about how you understand what you're getting when you're working in an environment where agencies are changing and the workforce changes so much. How do you figure out whether you're getting the right operational team, not just the right sales pitch? Well, that's a great point, Benjamin. It's a fair concern in many ways. By the way, that's the reason why many clients or brands choose to work with such consultants through that process, because it is a complex process. It's a very time-demanding process. It can be very costly for those brands. And it potentially can be very distracting to their core business, right? Having to go through that process. So for all those reasons, you want to make sure that process is going to be done very effectively. So or managed very effectively. And that's why they, again, rely on these resources to get it done. The second thing is, before I get to your questions about talent, we mentioned the fact that oftentimes clients have to search for agency partners externally. We have many of our clients who have a wide range of agencies that they rely on to go to market 
and they have many of those agencies worldwide. The process of matching the right project, the right assignment to those agencies that are already approved to do work with that brand is also a challenge for brands. So we have one of our tool solution is Roster Deliver, allowing the brands to help their marketing organization be exposed to the wide range of agencies available to them within the company so that they can match the right project or the right skill set. So the issue is not just finding external agencies to bring back inside the roster, sometimes just finding the right agency inside your roster. Yeah, I guess that's absolutely sort of an enterprise level organization problem is you have so many agencies and you don't realize the amount of bench strength you have at your disposal. So you just go in and bring on another agency. Yes. And you mentioned another great point, which is, well, how do you know you're not going to get the junior staff, right? Because obviously you set up the meetings, you go meet with the agencies, you got the C-suite people at the meeting, and then you're worried that you're starting the work and then you end up with all the junior staff and none of the people that you met at the initial meetings ever show up again. It's a fair concern. And the concern is further accentuated by the fact that, as you pointed out, there's a fair amount of attrition. The attrition rate in advertising business on the agency side is estimated to be in the 30% range, which means that as a client, if you sign up with a new agency partner, it's quite possible that within three years, none of the people that you saw at the original meeting are still there today. So when you secure a relationship with an agency, a big part of what you're buying besides the know-how and maybe some of the IP, it's gonna be the talent, the people. So that becomes a very fundamental, very critical thing. And you want to keep that talent intact, which is why we often prescribe, and that's the reason I wrote Agency Mania, is some best practices on how to build a lasting relationship with your agencies so that for a number of reasons, one, they want to stay working on your account, and then they want to stay working at the agency, and you are getting the best value for the work you're doing with them. So there are many, many ways a client can contribute to making sure there's stability at the agency, and then they are able to continue to work with the staff and the talent that they've initially spotted on and or were committed to. So that's another part of the equation, and one that's very critical, as you pointed out. Absolutely. Actually, my original point was, I assume that you're going to get the junior staff working. And it was not necessarily a question of how do you make sure that you're only going to get the senior staff? It's how do you make sure that the junior staff is talented and knowledgeable? You know, it's the people that are actually going to be doing the work. How do you make sure that you're getting the best ones? And that's always a challenge. At the end of the day, one of the pieces of advice that I got early in my career for the first agency that I was looking at was looking for the three R's, the relationship, the results, and the resources, understanding who you're going to be working with. Are they people you can work with? Do they have a history of results that are relevant to your brand? And then resources, do they have access to and are they going to apply the resources you need to be successful? Are there any other things that you think about when you're deciding an agency other than, can I work with this person? Do they have the experience? Will they apply the resources that I need to be successful? Absolutely. I think to connect to your earlier question, then I would say that one way to ensure that the people you're going to eventually end up working with is by requesting, and that's what sometimes search consultants are really good at doing, is requesting that the people you're going to meet are actually the people who are going to work on your business. And you can make that expectation or state that expectation early on in the discussions you're having with the agency you're considering. That ensures that, again, you're going to be at least exposed to the people that will be interacting with you on a regular basis. Now, there are different things you can do to ensure that that talent is going to 
always be calibrated and be assigned to the right kind of work on your account. Most clients will request to get, especially if they have a retainer-based relationship or what experts often refer as a cost-plus type of retainer agreement, is you would be provided a staffing plan that would give you a view into the kind of staffing that the agency is assigning to your business. So you do have visibility to that. And then you have visibility of whether or not that staffing plan changes over time. So you have a sense of what changes are being made by the agency on how they serve your business. And there's a process. I know we'll talk more about the performance evaluation part of it where the client can provide feedback on talent and say, well, we'd like to see more of this kind of individual, more of this kind of skill set. So there is a conversation that takes place on an ongoing basis to make sure that the right staffing is assigned to that particular client. And that's part of the process. There's another thing that we see many of our clients do, and increasingly so, is providing training to those agency partners. And they do it through a number of things. What's happened to be very popular right now is e-training. So the ability to ensure that those agency resources assigned to their business are going to be compliant on some important things about their business. It could be compliance on their brand guidelines, compliant on their privacy guidelines, and then giving them the information they need to be really successful while interacting and working on their business. So there are many ways and tools, I guess, solutions that client can put in place to make sure that not only they have the right staff, which are the original part of the question, but also maintain just a highly trained and competent staff in place. I think that's a great point. And I think it's also a great place for us to wrap up this episode as we're going to be talking about how to evaluate your agency in our next episode. So that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks to Bruno Galpolis, the co-founder and partner at Agency Mania Solutions for joining us. In part two of our interview, which we're going to publish tomorrow, Bruno's going to tell us how he suggests you should evaluate and manage your existing agency relationships. And if you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to learn more about Bruno, you could click on the link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You could send him a tweet at Galpoa, which is G-R-A-L-P-O-I-S. Or you could visit his company website, which is agencymania.com. A couple of links to follow up in our show notes that I want to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, don't worry about it. We've got you covered. Just head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. If you're a subscriber to the MarTech Podcast, thanks for being a member of our community. We always want to hear from you, so we created benjshap.com slash question, where you could send us topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. My handle is benjshap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P, on LinkedIn and on Twitter. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a weekly stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, in addition to part two of our conversation with Bruno Galpoa, we publish episodes every day during the work week. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. If you'd prefer to have our content delivered to your inbox, we also have a once a week newsletter with links to our audio players, episode summaries, and our guest contact information. To subscribe to our newsletter, go to benjshap.com newsletter. Okay, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy.
Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, an I Hear Everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.